Welcome to episode 9 of the Non-Anxious Churches podcast. I'm Pastor Mark Knight, and I want to engage in a larger conversation about church culture. Churches are growing ever more anxious. Pastors are becoming more frazzled and discouraged. Together, instead of becoming lost in the anxious waters of our world, the church is to sit at the feet of Jesus, anchored in His peace and purpose. Today, let's look at being good at church. Welcome to the Non-Anxious Church Podcast, where we're cultivating a church culture that isn't lost in the sea of anxiousness, one podcast at a time. Let's start with a quote that I saw a while ago from Lisa Fields, who is the head of the Jude 3 Project. She said this, Some millennials resent church because their parents were good at church, but not good at life. They struggle attending a place that consumed their parents' time but never transformed their parents' private life. Wow. Well, this wasn't my story, my personal story. I've learned through my experience of working with millennials and Gen Z that this is all too common. I see this all the time with this generation, enough to confirm her thinking that this, in fact, is true. I think it helps to understand something. One of the biggest emphases of the millennial generation is authenticity. This generation and the next are looking for fruit, for what comes out of someone's life. They want to know that who you say you are is who you truly are. And thus, when they go to church, they don't always get that vibe. The recent headlines over the last 20 years have only exasperated the point. All these pastoral failures or, or churches getting caught in corruption or what, whatever it may have you. So what is the point? They may even come to the conclusion or the assessment that church produces fake people. Now pause for a second. I'm not saying this is universally true. This is not true for every church, nor is this even a true assessment that every millennial would say. I'm not saying this assessment is accurate of the church universally, but what I am saying is that there is this assessment that's out there nonetheless, that church produces fake people. Did you know one of the most likely times for a couple to drop out of attending church? It's when they become empty nesters. Maybe it's because, you know, now they can have more vacations, their weekends aren't tied up as much. Um, But it's often because they don't have to drag their kids to church to make sure they're getting morality and spirituality fed into them. They don't have this obligation anymore. They can finally coast by without the obligation of bringing their kids to church um, because they need to see their church turn out to be good or their kids turn out to be good. One of the most likely times a couple will start attending church again after being away for some time is when they have kids. What is happening? Obligation and desire for our kids to be quote unquote good. So we bring them to church. And when we no longer have that obligation anymore, we stop going to church. 
The kids of these empty nesters picked up on this spirituality of obligation all along. They knew it. They've seen it. Because once again, to go back to the quote, they see that their parents' lives wasn't transformed. There's nothing unique about their parents' life besides the fact that they have a, a, a one more day of the week that they have something scheduled, a Sunday. They noticed their parents went to church more out of obligation than transformation. Out of appearing good instead of being good. The millennial generation is not interested in obligation or appearances. Which is why we see the reports of them quitting jobs or not sticking it out or all these other things that the previous generations are looking down on going, what are you doing, right? It's because they don't, they're not interested in obligation. To do something out of obligation goes against their desire for authenticity. They want to be who they truly think they are or who they have decided they are going to be. The, the reports that say they, they don't want jobs or whatever, they or they just don't care, it's just not that's not the reality. They actually do care. They care a lot. But they're not interested in playing a game. They want authenticity. Thus, when they grow up, if church is a place of obligation and appearances, guess where they won't be? In church. They don't want to go to a place that the, the fruit of the place is obligation and uh, appearing good for other people. Now, this isn't a podcast about parenting. This is a podcast about churches and healthy church culture, focusing on spiritual formation. So let me return to the quote that set the foundations of this entire episode and ask another question or a series of questions following the quote. Again, I'm going to read the quote again because I think what I want to talk about is churches. Some millennials resent church because their parents were good at church, but not good at life. They struggle attending a place that consumed their parents' time, but never transformed their private life. Now, one of the responses I saw to this quote was from a pastor named Mark. No, no, it wasn't me. It's a Mark with a C. And it said this, or he said this, if a church member is able to be good at church, but not good at life, then you're doing church wrong. This is important. His, his point is important. We want to put the responsibility on the individual and sure the parents deserve some responsibility for this, right? But what if we haven't created church cultures that cultivate transformation? Let me say that again. What if we haven't created church cultures that cultivate transformation? What if we have only continued to plant seeds of obligation and appearance into the soil of our church? If this is true then, right? If this is true that we've only planted these seeds of obligation um, and appearances into our soil, then transformation isn't going to be a byproduct. And it's going to even be unnecessary in a world where obligation and appearance rule the day. Simply do what you're supposed to do and go home. Church is about attending and doing, time spent and volunteer hours served. But the churches we see in the Bible show an active participation of the Holy Spirit to empower, equip, transform, sanctify, and the list goes on. Now, if this be true, like cream rising to the top, I truly believe that a healthy church will watch people that have life change grow in their faith, will rise to the top and create a deeper culture and a healthier culture. Back to the quote, though, because the second half of this is important for church, too, when we think about churches and how we 
uh, participate in healthy church culture or even sort of cultivate healthy church culture. It says this, they struggle attending a place that consume their parents' time but never transform their private life. This is actually how anxious churches are built. On the back of consuming time, programs all the time, meetings, gatherings, fundraisers, trips, you name it, fill up the calendar. It's the same anxiousness that we condemned earlier in the parents, that they demand their kids go to church so their church will their, their kids will turn out all right, as if the only equation was getting them in the building. See, the church leadership can sometimes have that same false idea in their minds. The more we get people here in the building, the more likely they will be good people and love Jesus. Yet attendance to something doesn't transform someone. The old joke about church is just because you are standing in a garage doesn't make you a car. Neither does going to church make you a Christian, right? You've probably heard that if you've been around for a while. But let's dice this joke up again, a joke up for a second. Let's look at it. For it's interesting in light of our discussion on transformation. It's a faulty joke from the beginning, though, if we're considering transformation as the byproduct of a church. For it doesn't show how church should be an agent of God's transformation and sanctification process. For no matter how much time you spend in a garage, nor the activities you do in a garage, you will never become a car. Nothing you do will work, even if you were introduced to the maker of cars. I think a better analogy for church is just going to a gym doesn't make you healthy, but it does introduce you to the right circumstances to become healthy. To truly see transformation there needs to be something that happens, right? So coming to church may not make you a Christian because there's plenty of moralists at church, but it does introduce you to the right scenarios and the right circumstances and even the right people and the right doctrines, if you will, to become a Christian. It introduces you to Jesus and his way, hopefully. But then Jesus is the one that transforms us, death to life. And then you need to commit to following that way as he empowers us through his spirit. So here's my proposition. What if we create churches as a place that not only introduces someone to Jesus, but cultivates them into a lifestyle of transformation? Go back to the gym for a minute. There are plenty of unhealthy people that frequent a gym. We already sort of mentioned this, right? They may do their pedal bike for 20 minutes while they watch TV, but they don't get any healthier. They may not get unhealthy, but they're not getting really any healthier. They're not seeing transformation, if you will. Or they go to some of the classes maybe, but they just kind of walk their way through it. They're not really trying. They're not upping the, the effort. They're not changing the weights, they're, right? They're just kind of coasting. However, there will uh, be there'll be those that break through because they have the drive and the gumption to make it happen. They will open the gym doors and see a room full of possibilities. And they will start to sort of research what it would look like for their body and their body type to be able to get healthy and to get strong. And, and they'll start to sort of create systems and workout plans for them. And you'll see these people, these people with high drives and gumption make it happen at gyms. I mean, we may even see this in churches. In every church, anxious or otherwise, there are always some transformed people in the way of Jesus. Just good, godly, salt-of-the-earth people. You can find them in almost any church. They were introduced to Jesus and they took it from there, right? They, create, they started working down his way and becoming a, an apprentice to Jesus. 
Others at the gym, though, may turn to a trainer that disciples them in the way they should go towards transformation, and then they begin to see transformation. Instead, they open the doors, and they look at the gym, and they see all the possibilities, and they don't really know what they should do or how they should go about it or what would it look like for them to grow. If a gym desires health for their people over their monthly dues or their monthly payments, if they desire the health of their people over their uh, their money, they will set up a system for helping people get trained to get healthy. A church, then, that desires spiritual health for their people over their butts and pews will set up opportunities for people to get trained, to be to walk in a way of transformation. Now, Jesus does all the, all the transforming, but a church can either help that or hinder that. It's not just more programs. It's healthier discipleship. It's not just getting them on the attendance books. It's, cre- it's helping them find deeper, more sustaining places in which they can be with Jesus and like Jesus. And this is one of my goals here at Praise at the church that I pastor at, Praise Covenant Church, is channeling energy towards with Jesus, like Jesus. So we can introduce people to Jesus. They can be empowered by the Holy Spirit, be sanctified by the Holy Spirit, becoming more like him through their relationship with Jesus. But it's not just going to be by uh, blindly planning programs, though that doesn't mean that you don't plan programs. It means that you cultivate programs in which they help along this way similar to all the different workout machines at a gym, right? They all can help in some sort of way, but they may not all be what exactly you need right now to be able to get to your ideal weight or your ideal strength, right? Just blindly grabbing machines and pulling on them isn't going to help, and yet we often sort of plan church in the same way. My, my hope and my desire is to see healthy people be transformed in the way of Jesus, and I believe the church can be part of that. And not only be part of that, but be an agent of that, an outpost of the kingdom of God. And I hope that transformation becomes more common than obligation. Let me say that again. I hope transformation becomes more common than obligation. And discipleship becomes more common than the appearance of discipleship. That people are actually being discipled. For a non-anxious church is going to find ways in which to anchor their people to Jesus, whether they are in the building or not, and cultivate areas in which discipleship happens organically. This may be the most, the biggest key. Organic discipleship because people are transformed and want to show others what this looks like and how to go about it. It's disciples making disciples. It's worth it. It's worth it to build a non-anxious church in this way. Not just for us, but for the next generation that is looking to us and wondering about church. Is it producing the type of people that are transformed by the way of Jesus? Or is it producing people that are obligated and want to appear as if they're good and moral people? Thank you for joining me this week on the Non-Anxious Church Podcast. A bit of a programming note. Next week, there won't be a podcast. However, 
Look back again the following week for the next installment. Until then, if we want to see more non-anxious churches, we need to see more churches committed to partnering with the Holy Spirit in transformation. I'd like to hear from you. If you have stories of anxiousness or non-anxiousness and how that has infiltrated the church, email me at nonanxiouschurches at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to talk to you more about this. Some of what I've even shared has come from your ideas or conversations I've had around this podcast. Let's continue to create conversation about creating healthy church culture through this non-anxious way of being anchored in the peace and purpose of Jesus. Thank you.